Hello, family and guests. Thank you for joining us again this Sunday. For most people, the lockdown presented an opportunity to reflect on life, to press that reset button, to think what are priorities, what is important in our lives. And I do believe, despite the homeschooling challenges, work from home challenges, God was doing a deep work in our hearts, helping us to refocus and to reset. We are doing this series called Beautiful Transformation. And part of this series, coming from 1 Peter chapter 1 all the way to chapter 4, we are trying to look at what God is saying to us, how God wants to use suffering to transform us to be better people. That is our topic for today, how God uses suffering to transform us. In preparation for the sermon, we put together a question and we put it out on Instagram. What are the benefits of suffering? And these are some of the questions and the answers that came out of this uh, question. Increased faith as you have to rely more on God. Suffering builds character. Prayer, suffering gets us on our knees. Redemption that will redeem us through God's suffering. Also, suffering creates intimacy intimacy with God. A lot of people have spoken about how they've been in the Word and how they've been in prayer. Jesus lent obedience through suffering, and suffering makes you a better person. You learn to know that God is in control. I like this one, that God is going to bring greater joy after the current suffering, based on Romans 8, 18. After you have suffered a little while, joy is coming. The next person said, it teaches you to rely on God. It gives one perspective on what is important and what matters. These were some good answers that came from you about suffering. I want to start the sermon just talking with you and sharing a story that I read recently. A man um, was uh, part of a shipwreck and uh, he found himself on an island. And while sitting on this island, uh, he was the only one who survived and asked himself, why am I here? God, why did you even let me survive? He prayed day after day for God's rescue, for God to send someone to rescue him. Interesting enough that uh, there was no answer, there was no rescue. And a couple of days uh, into this um, situation, he took some wood and built himself a hut. And um, days goes by and he continues to pray, God, please bring some help. He starts scavenging for food, and he makes fire. Every night he sleeps in his hut. The one day he comes back uh, from going to find food, and he finds his hut burning, and he's crying out to God and saying, God, why would you let this happen? I mean, I'm just starting to get comfortable here and make life uh, better, and now my hut is burning. And uh, he sleeps. The following morning he wakes up to the sound of a big ship engine, and the ship was coming to rescue him. And he guides onto this ship and he asked the guys, how did you know that I was here? They say to him, we saw your smoking signal. This is very interesting because it is very easy to feel sad and angry when things go wrong in our lives. That is because we forget that God is going to do a good work in us even through the painful and hopeless situation that we may go through. So the next time you feel like your heart is burning, don't be anxious. Instead, keep praying and give thanks to God. You may be surprised by how He will rescue you. The story reminds me of the song that we know very well, 
way maker, miracle worker. Even when we don't see it, he's working. He's working in our lives. He's doing a deep work in our lives. It feels like our world is burning right now. All that is happening, COVID-19, economic downturn, we don't even know how tomorrow is going to look like. But I want to remind you that um, suffering is analogous to fire. It feels like we're going through the fire, and I was reminded of Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Before we get into our text for today, I want to bring your attention to this. The Bible says, when you go through the fire, I will be with you. When you go through the waters, they will not overwhelm you because I will be with you. Even though we're going through the fire right now, may I remind you that God is with us. We are not alone, and he will see us through this fire. So our text is from 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm reading from verse 13 to 21, and I will encourage you to read together with me. And we're reading from this text uh, with the context of Peter writing to uh, believers who found themselves challenged by the culture of the day. They were swimming upstream, so to say, and Peter is encouraging them to rejoice even in the midst of their suffering. I'm reading from verse 13. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ as Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I'd like to bring your attention to verse 14, and this very phrase that we're going to look at today. If you should suffer for righteousness, you will be blessed. When we allow suffering to transform us, we will be blessed. When we allow suffering to work and make us better people, the Bible says we will be blessed. But when we suffer for righteousness, when we allow suffering to transform us and make us better people, we get to carry the glory of God. We become glory carriers. So if I were to put it in a way that we can remember, is that suffering positions us for blessing. Suffering positions us for God's blessing. So it may look like going through whatever suffering that you may be facing right now, that God is not there, but God is there. He is at work, and He's transforming your life so that you can be one who will be blessed and carry His glory. Suffering transforms us to be more like Jesus, and we get to carry His glory. Suffering changes us and makes us better people. Let me share this with you. There are two reasons we get to suffer. The first reason is because of the bad choices we make. 
And the second reason is because the enemy of our God, the devil, Satan, is after us. The first example that I want to give you of how we get to suffer because of our bad choices. I can think of many times when I have made bad choices or made bad decisions and I suffer the consequences. The way uh, Pastor Roger would normally put it is uh, we have freedom of choice, but we don't have freedom of consequences. We have freedom of choice, but we don't have freedom of consequences. So we cannot blame God when we suffer for the bad choices and the bad decisions we've made. I want to say to you today, the state of our world is directly proportional to the bad choices and the bad decisions that we have made. Maybe we can even say climatic conditions that we are facing, economic challenges we are facing, the list goes on and on, the separation between the wealthy and the poor, that gap between the wealthy and the poor, it's directly proportional to the decisions and the choices that we have made as people. And secondly, one of the reasons we suffer is also because the enemy of our God, Satan, is after us. Remember John 10, verse 10, the Bible says, he is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. The story that helps us understand that the enemy of our God is behind us is the story of Job. When you read the story of Job, the Bible says that he was blameless, upright, feared God, and he shunned evil. Job did all that he came to be in that right standing with God, to live a righteous life because of what we read earlier, that those who live a righteous life and those who suffer because of righteousness will be blessed. Job lived a righteous life. He was an upright man before God. Another great book that I've read that has helped me in this area of suffering is a book by Philip Yancey, Where is God When It Hurts? In this book, Philip Yancey helps us to understand that God is not away from us. He's not deserted us when we go through suffering. In fact, God is always there through the suffering, when we walk through the water, when we walk through the fire. Going back to the story of Job, I want us to look at the example of how Job lived an upright life and how the enemy tried to steal the joy that he had. Let's read Job chapter 1, verse 8 to 12. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and the possessions you have increased for him in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, that, he had, behold that all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So to understand uh, this uh, theology of suffering and the context of this book, um, the Bible speaks of Satan as an angel of the Lord who fell from heaven and who is now roaming around the earth. And the Bible says at this point in time, the angels of the Lord appeared before God and Satan also appeared before the Lord and he brought up the subject of Job and he says, have you seen Job? 
and how he lives an upright life. And, and the devil at that point, he says, God, he's living an upright life just because you've put a hedge around him. You have blessed him and there's protection around him. Just stretch out your hand, stretch out your arm, and you'll see he will curse you. This is very, very interesting because the story continues that as God lifted his arm and he raised out, released his hedge of protection around Job, the enemy came in and destroyed his family. The Bible says that Job's sons and daughters died. The Bible says that all his livestock, all his possessions, all his wealth, he lost it all. But the Bible continues to say, Job did not curse God. Job chose to continue to worship God. Even though he lost everything, he did not move away from God. The only thing that Job was left with was his wife. So I want us to look at these three questions on the subject of suffering and based on the scripture we just read. Who is around you when you go through suffering? And secondly, what is the disposition of your heart or the attitude of your heart when you go through suffering? And lastly, do you allow God to use suffering to transform you? So on the first question, who's around you when you go through suffering? Looking at Job, he had his wife around him. But when you read Job 2, his wife said to him, why don't you just curse God? Why don't you just say blasphemous things towards God and die? Just give up. What are the kinds of people that are around you when you go through suffering? Is it people that encourage you to press on to God or people that actually pushes you away from God? I like the fact that Job had three friends who came around him and encouraged him at that time. The Bible says that they came and they mourned with him. They cried with him. They lamented with him. Job had people that stayed with him during his tough times. Do you have a community of believers around you? Those who will give you the right counsel and wise counsel instead of pushing you away from God. One of the things that have kept me sane and that has kept me going even during this time of lockdown and the crisis that we are facing is my connect group. I mean, these guys, we pray together, we love together, we cry together. We even send each other photos of our baking. May I hasten to say that actually not all of us baked. It is our wives baking. The issue here is, do you have people around you in times of calamity? Do you have people who will cry with you, who will encourage you when things are tough? The next question is, what is the disposition of your heart? What is your attitude of your heart when it comes to suffering? Job's attitude was, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. His, his attitude was, I know my Redeemer lives and in the end, he will stand. His attitude was, when God has tested me, I shall come forth as pure as gold. That was Job's attitude. I like how C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, God whispers in our pleasure and he shouts in our sufferings. God whispers in our pleasure and he shouts in our sufferings. C.S. Lewis is encouraging us to realize that God is speaking to us. God is constantly reaching out to us. Most of the sufferings we experience in life is because the enemy of our souls is out to get us. But God is with us. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. 
for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we may be going through trouble right now. I like how Apostle Paul says, he says, our light and momentary, they don't last forever, are achieving for us an eternal glory. That was his disposition of suffering. That was his attitude of, towards suffering. He was saying, these light and momentary troubles are preparing a blessing for us that God has for us. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, the Bible says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. God will restore us. He will confirm us. He will strengthen us. And he will establish us. So when we go through suffering, we must remember it is there to position us for blessing, to position us to become glory carriers, to carry the glory of God. The last question I want us to look at is, uh, do you allow God to use suffering to transform you? And also, how does suffering transform us? The way I see it is uh, when we learn to worship God in our suffering. In Job 1 verse 21, the Bible says, when Job heard the news that he's lost everything, he bowed down and worshipped God. There is something about worshipping God through suffering. There is something about praising God when we are feeling down, when things look like doom and gloom. We don't worship God because He grants us what we want or our personal agendas. We need to allow God to be God despite of our benefits. We worship God not because He needs it, we worship Him because we need it. We worship Him so that we can come to that place of rest and peace through our worship. And when we go through challenging experiences in life. Another thing that helps suffering to transform us is when we learn to trust God, even when things don't go the way we want. Daniel and his three friends, when they were in a fiery furnace, they prayed a prayer and they said, even if our God does not rescue us, we will continue to trust him. Listen to what Elizabeth Elliot says. I dethrone God in my heart if I demand that he acts in ways that satisfy my idea of justice. I dethrone God in my heart if I demand that he acts in ways that satisfy my justice. Remember that God is sovereign. He is beyond. He is above. He knows better than all of us. So let us not seek our own justice. Let us seek his justice. First Peter 3.17 from the text that we've read, it says, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. I'm good with suffering as long as I'm suffering for doing good. I'm good with suffering as long as I'm suffering to bring God the glory. Because I know our light and momentary troubles achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Because I know that suffering positions me for what God has for us in the future. As we start to close the sermon, I want you to reflect on these questions. Who is with you when you go through suffering? What is your attitude towards suffering? And do you allow God to use suffering to transform you, to make you a better person? We started with Isaiah 43, that when you go through the water, 
I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, I will be with you. God is with us. Most of us, when you go through challenging times, we tend to think that God has deserted us. He has not deserted us. He is with us. He is at work. He is constantly at work. There is a Japanese model or method of fixing pottery when it's broken. It is called the kintsugi, or golden joinery. So when a pottery, a piece of pottery is broken, instead of them taking a glue to pull it back together again, instead of taking uh, an, a, a camouflage adhesive to put it back together again, this is what they do. They use this kintsugi technique, which employs a, a sap from a tree, and they mix it with uh, powdered gold or with silver or with platinum, and after mixing it, they will use it to fix this piece of broken pottery. What is so interesting about this, you'll see it in the picture on your screen, is that it comes out stronger than it was before. So in the process of fixing, in the process of refinement, in the process of being broken, God is at work. He is making us stronger than we were before. So let us embrace suffering. Whatever kind of suffering that you may be going through right now, God is at work. Like this piece of pottery that has been refined and comes out stronger than it was before. God is at work. I like what uh, Martin Luther King Jr. says, but I know somehow that only when it is dark enough, you can see the stars. When it is dark enough, you can see the stars. Our world may be looking dark right now. We, as the children of God, may we become the stars that can be seen. I would like to pray for you today. You may be worried about your job. You may be worried that your company is probably considering salary cuts. You may be worried about your children's education. You may be feeling like you are walking through the fire right now, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from. God promised that when we go through the fire, he will be with us. The fire will not consume us. I just had recently a testimony from one of our worship leaders here at church that his business wasn't going well, obviously, under the circumstances. And he got a call from someone who said, we've been looking for someone like you. Can you come and work with us? While in lockdown, he was headhunted and he was offered a job. And I want to pray that kind of supernatural provision over you. I want to pray those kinds of miracles that over and over again we'll hear how God is coming through for his children, even during this time of turmoil, this time of calamity. I also want to bring your attention to 1 Peter 3.18 from where we have read. The Bible says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death, in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Christ suffered once for our sins. Even Christ, God himself, came and suffered for us so we can live a better life. So if you are here, maybe you're a guest, and you know that you're far away from God, Christ suffered for you. Christ came to take the suffering for you. He came to take the pain for you. And I want you to consider giving your life to Christ following him as Lord and Savior of your life so that that suffering that you are going through right now, he will walk with you through it.
So if you are considering to give your life to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, please contact our counselors on the numbers that are on the screen right now, and they will get in touch with you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that, God, even when we don't see it, you are working. Lord, we want to pray for those who are worried about their jobs. We want to pray for those who are worried about salary cuts. We want to remind ourselves that, Father, in the land of Goshen, in Egypt, you looked after your children. They prospered even in the midst of famine. And we want to pray that prayer today, Father, that you will provide for us supernaturally beyond what we expected, Father God. God, you're above everything that we are facing right now. And I want to speak, I want to speak peace over the storms that we are facing right now. We speak peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you and thank you for joining us today.